and welcome to The Dragon Rises, Tiger's Paw, a new podcast from the Lindbergh Institute on Pacific and Semitic Affairs, along with NPR Virginia and WNYC Chicago. Hello, my name is Brace Belden. I'm a senior China analyst at the Lindbergh Institute of Diplomacy and a Hunter Biden Fellow at the Holy Cross High School. And I'm Liz Franzak, Director of Chinese Voices at the Rich Little Institute of Impressions and Jackie Chan Scholar at Moviefone University. We're, of course, joined by our illustrious producer, Young Joe M. Ski, who runs a mysterious import-export shop where I once purchased a gremlin. So glad to be here today. The 20th century was widely known to be the American century, due to the fact that the USA wasn't in Europe when there were two big wars there. But is that century over? Many experts point to the 20th century ending some 23 years ago, which, some experts think, might mean the end of America too. It's well known that every country gets one century, and the recent chronological changes in time have many in Washington worried. Over in China, Premier Xi Jinping has also noticed that the century has changed to a new one. Is he wondering, like our president here, if this could be the Chinese century? There are lots of Chinese people. True. And lots of years in every century. Every year means more belts, more roads, and more little islands in the South China Sea. We're giving you an inside look at Red China, a first-class ticket on the slow train to the inside of the Chinese Kremlin, also known as Peking. A look into the mysterious, inscrutable world of Xi Jinping and the Mandarin court of the Red Emperor. Welcome to The Dragon Rises, Tiger's Paw, with generous funding by the Adolf Hitler Fund. Just play and hello everyone. Welcome to True Nine. Hello. Well, we're just playing about one aspect of that. It's not Adolf Hitler. It's fund. not Adolf Hitler fund. It's the Free Uyghur fund. It's the Free Uyghur fund. Because you know, I got this note. I of course got my new <laughs> Nikes in, right? Oh, you love your dunks. My weekly shipment of dunks have arrived. You're in getting the post. those. Uh, Super rare Kyrie's mm-hmm. that are now out of production. Yes. Does he have Does he have A shoes? signature shoe? I believe he did until his, of course. They all got those? His statement. I it was just MJ. No. There's, well, not every player has a signature shoe. Are you kidding? Oh, I don't know. But LeBron. no, it's, yeah, Jordan, LeBron, obviously, KD's, Kyrie's. Kyrie's are very good. Any white boys got them? Mmm... I don't think Gordon Hayward has a shoe. I'm trying to think of white players, big fan. Oh, no, Jokic has a shoe. Jokic? Never heard of the guy. What? I just know Larry Bird. Oh, my God. Well, anyways, I got my Yao Ming dunks in the other day, right? Mm. My shipment. And I'm looking, size four, of course. <laughs> Women's. And I get a note, and that it says, Brace, you got to talk to this lady, Liz. It's a really long note. Oh. You also got to talk to your producer, Jan Chomsky. Oh, that's nice. Because a lot's been going on in China. Wait, hold on. I'm Liz. I'm Brace. We're, of course, joined by producer Young Chomsky. And this is... Like I said. True and on. The Dragon Rises. Tiger's Paw. Uh, but I got this note in my shoe, obviously <laughs> from a somebody. I couldn't read it. 
you know, scribbled so, handwriting. Scribbled handwriting. It's in a language you it's, don't understand. Well, I do. I do speak Chinese, but but you don't read it, which was I, the problem. I don't read it. Yeah. That's the yeah. That's the thing because it's all in pictures, and uh, and it said we'd love to hear an episode on China, and I said, well. You know what? I'll do anything for a note in a shoe. <laughs> but we're talking – the dragon is rising, Liz. I'll say this. Oh, great. Uh, people can't stop talking about China. And by people, I mean the clowns in Congress. One thing – so in the podcasting business, one thing you got to do is you got to read the news, right? Yeah. We're always out I there. don't really do that. I got to – You watch st- it. I don't watch – I, I got to start reading the news. I'm reading the news every day. Mm. I'm hitting it. You flip the pages? No. No. I'm looking at it on the computer. Okay. But I'm looking at what's going on here. And I feel like, am I crazy? Call me crazy. Mm. Okay, she won't. Uh, you know. I if, respect you too much. Okay, well, I call me crazy. But every two weeks, it seemed like there's a new China story coming up. Yeah, we were on tour. Uh-huh. We were in Boston, Massachusetts. So fucking sick. <laughs> and you couldn't stop hacking up your not yet diagnosed pneumonia. Yeah, I was coughing your... like a like a dog. Yeah, little sickly lungs that you have. <laughs> He's doing much better, folks, by the way, just as a little update. Anyway, you were like, "Liz, mm-hmm. Have you been watching the stuff about the balloon?" And I know that everyone's listening to this and they're like, really? They're talking about the balloon? I don't want to talk about the no balloon. No one's thinking that, Liz. Oh, well, I think some people might be thinking about that. I want to say this. I don't want to talk about the balloon. And I will, in a bit, talk about why I don't want to talk about the balloon. We got to talk about the balloon. F*** you, dude. I hate this fucking f- you. I'll be real. The balloon is a real story. This is So Liz and I have had... Extremely divergent opinions about the balloon. Which is good. Look, we we should get, you know, it's always good to have productive conflict. Liz was like, oh, maybe our podcast could cover like an ant or something else. Like anything but the balloon. And I uh, say, first of all, uh-huh. your aunt is lovely. Okay, yeah. And, and I, she would be the great to have on the show. She would be a great guest, yeah. Yes. But I was like, we got to talk about the balloon. Because we got to talk about the balloon in the greater context of China. I'm doing a Trump voice. I'm not doing a Chinese voice. I want to be clear there. <laughs> Although after I said it, I did yeah, realize. Okay. But I, listen, to be clear, I'm Look, doing a Trump voice. It's just not a great one. I can't do good impressions. It's just that your Trump voice sounds a little Chinese. But yeah. Um, anyways, with a balloon, we're on tour. Liz is like, I don't want to talk about the balloon. I I'm fucking like, hate the balloon All I can so think much. about is the balloon. Are yeah, you, you kidding could, me? Yeah, well, you got balloon brain. There's, it's just funny. All right, so let's talk about what yeah. happened. All right, for those of you who didn't pay close attention to this, February 2nd, greatest day of my life, a balloon is spotted, I believe in Montana. The U.S. military starts leaking or leaking, giving statements saying, we're tracking a Chinese balloon over the northwestern United States. Yeah, I don't want to balloon my brains out already. Uh, all right. All right. All right. All right. So first spotted over Montana. And there was – I remember I was, you know – we were on tour, so I'm, I'm watching CNN, which I don't, I don't do at home. Right. But when you're staying in a hotel – look, I am always said the best thing to do when you're on tour or you're on something like that when you're in a hotel, watch the Today Show. You'll learn so much about America. Yeah. yeah that's, in the the mor- that's a morning thing though, right? Well, yeah. No, because I always got it on 6.30, Today Show, right on. You have the TV on at 6.30. Well, because I get up at like 6, 6.30. That's 7. crazy. In I the get hotel up at 4.30 room. to do yoga. Mm. So uh, <laughs> okay. anyways, 
the CNN's talking like, oh, there's this Chinese balloon over the northwestern United States. And they're trying to be like, well, there's like some bases in Montana because it's over Montana, right? I Listen. There's where nuclear bases are there, yeah. Yeah. There's like – but it's like not really over the nuclear base. It's kind of like – Which just this also is just in one, Montana. Okay, sorry. It's going to be a show of side note. I have a side note here. Uh-huh. I do want to say it's always very funny to me, the kind of cell phone of the the – the bug out people who are yeah. just like, oh, I got to get out of there. I got to get out. Libertarian bug out. We got to get yeah, out to yeah, the middle yeah. of nowhere. I'm going to Montana. I'm going to New Mexico. I'm going to Colorado. It's like, yeah. hey, genius, where do you think the strategic military sites are? Yeah, that shit's there. That's there. You getting blown up Your right away. Your ass is getting nuked. Yeah. Best of luck, bug out. Yeah. Call you call you Alaskan because you're getting a nuke. Anyways, oh so the, uh, the is that what's Nanook? Nanook, Nanook, not Nanook. Uh, so, anyways, the balloon is over the northwestern United States. Everyone's freaking out. The not government's me. like, you know, they're like, should we shoot down this balloon? We want to shoot down the balloon. It's uh, and then the CNN's talking. It's hard to shoot down the balloon. The balloon, to be clear, is not just a tiny little balloon like you might get at your you know thirty uh, third birthday party. It's actually a pretty big fucking balloon. This thing's like two hundred feet, I think, high. You know, I mean, it's it's a mass, not two hundred feet high in the air. I mean, like from the from from top to bottom, yeah. two hundred feet. Although, if you put it in context, not that big. Well, of context of the sky, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, relatively, okay. it's not yeah. like it's the Hindenburg. No, no, right. no. But I mean, it's not everything has to be the Hindenburg. I'm it's, just well, it's a fame. That's a famous balloon like. This is Structure. a this is a big everyone's freaking out about it. People are like, well, maybe it's a weather balloon. I'm like, well, maybe it's a weather balloon. I'm like, is it really a Chinese balloon? You know, like how do you even know it's from China? Uh, apparently, they have been tracking this thing ever since it left China, which is something that we were talking about yesterday. And when it crossed over into United States airspace and then over Canadian airspace, the U.S. government started to be like, you know, getting all the guys in front of the little radar things and be like, well, we got to take this thing down. China says, they say, the airship is from China. It's a civilian airship used for research, mainly meteorological purposes, meaning a weather balloon. Mm. Affected by the westerlies Mm. and with limited self-steering capability, Mm. the airship deviated far from its planned course. Mm. The Chinese side regrets the unintended entry of the airship into U.S. airspace due to force majeure. Mm. My favorite. The the Chinese side, great date movie, the Chinese side will continue communicating with the U.S. side and properly handle this unexpected situation caused by force majeure. So I'm going to be real with you here. The U.S. was was like, we are being bombed. (laughs) Well, you mean the the Pentagon or the media or Americans? Everybody. Well, except Americans, I don't think, really cared very much. Everyone was watching this damn balloon. I know, but I don't think people were like, bro, there's a balloon. You know? Like, I think it was like— No, I think everyone was watching this balloon. The fucking CNN had 24-hour balloon co- live balloon coverage. This thing—they went full OJ on this thing. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, like, I don't think your average man on the street was wiping his brow— 
about the balloon. I will say that when we were on the plane, a random person next to me literally did bring up the balloon. That woman? Yeah. You did speak to that woman for a consent. I will say, Liz and I were- I didn't want to. You left sat me. Between- you- I didn't leave you. I sat oh. in my seat the whole time. I did, however, swing me. my legs into the aisle to speak to, I, I don't know if it was Young Chopsy or Shelby, whoever sitting across the aisle from me, so that I could avoid entering the conversation you were in. Yeah, that's called abandoning. Uh, once I hear you say, yeah, we do like a podcast. She asked this, me. I know. And you seemed really anyway. So the balloon, it's floating all around, and basically they're saying that the balloon was blown off course yes. due to a cold front. Because it was remember this is the polar vortex weekend. Yeah, two cold fronts. One first when it was brought up to Alaska, right, and then as it went over Canada. As you could remember, because we got stuck in this fucking polar vortex mm-hmm. in Boston <laughs> and Montreal, not oh. where you want to be during the polar vortex. Oh, God. It was literally negative 30 degrees Fahrenheit, which didn't know that was a temperature. Yeah, yeah. It's anyway, crazy. the, uh, you know, the insanely cold air just immediately caused it to drop down into the United States. Well, all the media was like, this is a spy balloon. <sighs> and... You know, spy balloons exist, something that I'm familiar with, but Liz hates that that's real. No, they, well, they, ex- okay, they exist. They uh-huh. also existed in the 1700s. Yes. But you know what else exists? What? Satellites and Sa- satellite technology. Yes, but Which is much reason- better than balloon no, technology. It's not for everything. Not for everything. Balloons excel at some kinds of spying better than satellites do because they're closer to the earth and can intercept more signals. I'm not saying that the, the Chinese balloon was a spy balloon, but I'm saying spy balloons exist for a reason. They don't just—it's not just a balloon. Anyways, we're tracking this balloon. Well, not we. NORAD is tracking this balloon. This little fucking motherfucker goes over the coast of South Carolina, which, believe me, sounded like a dream, and is shot down by an F-22 using a AIM Sidewinder missile, tragically destroying the vessel. The Sidewinder missile cost half a million dollars. And the U.S. recovers the payload, which they say was about 30 feet long. Um, and now there, you know, there's, I don't think, been any actual new release of information after that. But they're saying it's a spy balloon. I, I, my thing on this is I do not really believe that the Chinese sent over a balloon to spy on Montana. No. I also agree that they did not do that. I mean, I like the like people. I, I want to be clear here. I don't think spying is an evil thing that countries. I, I, uh, no, it's it's generally understood. By the way, like this is like everybody except, spies. No, it's not even just that. There are Chinese satellites all over the U.S. There are Russian satellites all over the U.S. There are American satellites all over Russia, all over China. We have a basically agreed upon, you know. We're wa- there's a lattice work. No, but the, the agreement is we don't shoot down each other's satellites because we're all watching each other all the yeah, time. Yeah. And look, I don't know that much about fucking – I'm not that up to date on satellite tech. What I do know is that civilian tech, not let alone military tech, is good enough where the Chinese could get a like 4K image of – every ounce of fentanyl that is being moved in and out of Fort Bragg at any given time that mm-hmm. they want. You know what I mean? Like the idea that they need to float balloons over the United States, which by the way, this is how so fucking absurd this is to me. The amount of planning that would have to go into 
Yeah. This like 200 foot, right? 200 foot balloon uh-huh. that is encountering 200 mile per hour winds to be like, well, we know exactly where it might float over yeah, at yeah, any yeah, given yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Weeks in advance yes. is the most absurd thing. It's a fucking balloon. It's a yeah, balloon. It's a balloon. It's it a balloon. makes me so mad. It makes me so fucking mad. This whole thing is so dumb. I will say this. So like here, my thing is to be clear. Even if China had sent a spy balloon, which I'm not saying they did, even if they had, I don't think that's a bad thing for them to have done. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think that's even a crazy thing. I mean, I think it would be a kind of stupid thing to have done because it did get shut down. But, uh, you know, people people spy and people spy using, you know, sort of sometimes strange, antiquated methods fairly often. It's a very normal thing to do on the, on the global scale. Mm. I will say... The balloon is a lot larger than, like, almost any weather balloon. Like, weather balloons are generally, like, I think, like, 10 feet tall. Stuff like, you know, like, they're not 200 feet fucking tall. It's it's big. It's a big, whatever it is, whatever it's got on it, it's got a big fucking balloon. It's, it's mm. a big fucking balloon. Mm. You know, that's basically all that we know for sure. The U.S. government, though, is like, they declared war on balloons. No, man. It was no, so fucking it stupid. It was so fucking funny. You have the entire country literally tilting at balloons. I, I, it I, was I, like, a, I felt like it was one of those moments where when I was catching the news in the hotel room watching this, I felt like I was living in a different, on a different world than everyone else. I was like, this is the most absurd story. First of all, the Pentagon at first was like, mm, we think it's like not a big deal, don't worry about it. And the media was like, no, we need to know about the balloon. We need to know about more balloon, more balloon, more yeah, balloon. Yeah, this yeah. fucking media is so stupid. And they just fed this whole thing so much that then the military has to send it, USA, USA, shoot down F-22. this fucking balloon for yeah. half a million dollars. It's completely absurd. It makes me so mad. It's a fucking balloon. It's, it's a, a balloon. A, there are spy balloons. I'm just it's saying like they, they, are, are, they do exist. Like, caricatures of like drooling obscenely mentally unwell Americans it's so dumb it's a fucking balloon so I don't understand this because you seem to be against the balloon but you also seem to be mad that we shot it down no I'm mad at the spectacle the spectacle is so moronic well here here's me not knowing even who this balloon belongs to at first and I'm on the balloon side and I'm not just on a Chinese balloon side I'm also on the side of the balloons that were caught in what you might call the crossfire of this. <laughs> because in the next few days, three other balloons were tragically killed by F 22 <laughs> shooting $500,000 missiles at them. I know, those poor like kids that were like balloon hobbyists. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, there were it's three so other. We, there was sort of the media and, and the government were gripped by a kind of balloon hysteria. And in the ensuing days after the initial balloon was shot down, there were three more balloon shoot downs. Uh, one happened in, I believe, Alaska, one somewhere in Canada, and then one somewhere else in the U.S. Um, unfortunately, one of these balloons did seem to belong to a, like, bottle cap balloon club that sort of were hobbyists that launched them. It appears that the others might also have belonged to balloon hobbyists, which mm-hmm. I'm sure you're pissed exist, Liz. No, I don't have a pr- – no, I feel bad for that. It's, this is the pound of balloon flesh that the media has required for their – insane balloon mania that they put us all in through. Interesting. I will say, like, the actual ramifications of this, besides the, like, 
really obnoxious coverage of all of it and uh-huh. it driving me insane with how stupid everyone is, is Secretary Blinken. Uh-huh. What a crazy name. <laughs> what is this for? Anthony? Is Anthony, that Tony? yeah. Tony Blinken. That motherfucker. He immediately cancels his trip to China. He says, I shan't be visiting the country that sends balloons over to our country. How could you? Oh, I can't believe that I would ever have a meeting with a man that would betray us by sending balloons. Meanwhile, the Chinese have satellites over. The theater of all of this makes me so fucking Bro, mad. Bro, the so Chinese stupid. literally own Nancy Pelosi's office. I mean, oh, the wait, whole no, thing. Oh, wait, no, it was Diane Feinstein's. <laughs> Remember that? I mean, the whole the, the whole thing is so stupid. But, yes, you're right. I mean, what happened was Blinken canceled his trip to China over the balloon. Yes. Which I think the Chinese, uh, to be clear about this trip, the trip, it's one of those things where it's, like, been reported on and, like, I think both sides have spoken to the media about it, but it hadn't been officially announced yet, but everyone knew it was happening. And so he canceled a non-existent trip to China, uh, which was actually supposed to happen, I believe, the next week. And I think the Chinese were pretty pissed about this. Yeah, well, Blinken, too. I mean, Blinken's statement said, China's decision to take this action on the eve of my planned visit is detrimental to the substantive discussions that we were prepared to have. Basically, Blinken was going over there to be like, hey, China, I think you should stop being best friends with Russia. Uh And we kind of want to get you to, you know, whatever, whatever. Maybe you should just, like, chill. Yeah. Don't support them. Don't hang out with them. Yeah. hang out with us. Remember us? Your old friends, America. (laughs) Well, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um and it became very clear and obvious that that was a fool's errand. Yes. Which yeah. we will also talk about. And that America trying to woo China away from a further partnership and, you know, BFF status with Russia, it's just not going to happen. And what we, what, I mean, what a coincidence that you have this perfect balloon excuse uh-huh. that the media turned into such a fucking spectacle that now no one is really going to ask, well, why are you canceling trips? It's got to be the balloon's fault, right? Exactly. I, th- I, think, I think, like, if you sort of zoom out and think like a normal person for two seconds, it's insane that Blinken canceled a fucking, like, planned, like, pretty high-level visit mm-hmm. over a balloon that... Seems pretty clearly like this balloon, to be clear, has very limited like navigational aids. I think it's got like a like a one propeller on it. And even if it could, that propeller, like again, it had no match on 200 mile per hour winds. Exactly. Can you imagine a little guy like, oh, like it's trying a balloon. To fu- it's a balloon. It's a balloon. The Chinese were like, you guys are being fucking insane. But yeah, they they were they were they actually like refused to call from DOD Secretary Austin after the U.S. shot down the balloon. Yeah, they were like, what the fuck is wrong with you crazy people? Which I I gotta say, good question. There was also a very funny series of like articles that came out where like. If there's ever a war with China, could they just send over a bunch of balloons and deplete our air defenses because we'll shoot I mean, sidewinder missiles at them? Yeah, maybe the U.S. should focus on the hypersonic capabilities and not the balloon capabilities. Yes, yeah. But like you're saying, Liz, a lot of this has to do with China and Russia. Mm. The bear and the dragon. <laughs> Is that yet a like, podcast? The bear and the dragon, yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure, from like the Hoover Institute or whatever. <laughs> My original plan for doing this episode, too, was to have us go over every point that we're talking about and then rate it on a dragon rising scale from 1 to 10.
so like we said at the beginning of the episode, the this balloon incident, which we don't have a good nickname for, really is not isolated. No. Unlike some of China's allies. Okay, I don't know where wait, I was going right, with that. I was trying to go back to this the, one out. Check yeah. this one out. Maybe a guy who got COVID in Shanghai. Oh, interesting. Yeah, you like that? Um, it all kind of... The balloon kind of uh, faded back into what has become the hysteric backdrop of, like, the, the constant hysteric ramblings of increasingly absurd China fear-mongering yeah. on the part of U.S. politicians and the U.S. media. Um, they cannot stop talking about China. China. Um, Congress. Trump boys. They recently announced, basically because of the balloon, but also because of some other stuff, a new select committee to basically investigate China, which I think is very funny. The strategic competition between the United States and the Chinese Communist Party. It's always, they don't say China. They always say CCP because yeah. you got to you know, separate between them and, and Taiwan, who we'll talk about. Um, it started last week. It launched its mission statement Sunday, February 27th, mm-hmm. which I'm just going to say it's the day after – Woody Harrelson announced something else on Saturday Night okay. Live. This is this is I want to I want to speaking of isolated. I'm going to be real. I believe Liz is isolated alone on this theory, but I love that she believes it. Why? You don't think so? I, I think it's a great theory. I like the theory. I don't think so. So over the course of like three days, basically, all of these stories besides the balloon came out about China. Yeah. You had. You know, Congress announcing they're, you know, they're going to do the select committee. They had all these op-eds in the Washington, Washington, in Wall Street Journal. You had uh, news stories coming out in Wall Street Journal about uh, lab leak, which they, mm-hmm. they bring him back. It's coming back. Uh, I do want to point out this congressional committee. Um, you know, Congress, like, can't really do anything to influence <laughs> foreign policy, like, in any way. Yeah. Big surprise. But what they can do and what it looks like they can do is, like, come up with a ton of recommendations to deregulate industries that are basically related to strategic industries, quote, quote, unquote, unquote, that China's involved with, a.k.a. computer chips, mm-hmm. um, which means that it, what we're talking about is rolling back environmental Regulations. Let's go, baby. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, this is like from an op-ed from, you know, one of the – it's like some AEI guy, you know, some terrible, horrible, foghorn, langhorn-shaped fellow. Boy, come on over here. Let's have a look at you. Um, but he wrote, the U.S. must challenge China's dominance in producing the refined rare earth minerals – that both go into chips and green energy. Can't stop hearing about those two things. Mm-hmm. But extracting, refining, and using our domestic resources, such as the newly discovered seven-square-mile store of rare earths <laughs> at Sheep Creek, Montana, maybe that's what the balloon was looking at, will require regulatory certainty and, clar- and clarity, not the current morass, ugh, hate a morass, mm-hmm. that fosters litigation and deters development. I'd like less ass. <laughs> So basically what they're saying is we need to roll back regulations so we can compete with China because we can't destroy our federal land fast enough to get at the rare earth minerals that we need because China's doing it faster and better than us. This is a big thing you hear about a lot is that we need rare earth minerals to make computer chips so that people can use the computer. But not just the computer. 
every and all things that now have cars. computer chips in them. Well, cars, but also refrigerators, also microwaves, also any appliance, also now apparently light bulbs. Everything has smartphone. Everything has a computer chip in it. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, and increasingly, everything will have more computer chips in them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to Penis. give an idea. What? Penis. <laughs> like the wiener of a Tourette's? man? No. Pe- no, what? Penis has computer chip in it. Like wiener of the man. Stop saying wiener of the man. A man? <laughs> Dick wrong. of the guy? Penis is the wiener of the man. So to give an idea of how much China produces uh, uh-huh. of computer chips, Saudi Arabia produces 15% of the world's oil supply. So sick. That's a lot. Yeah, big ups. China, including what the United States refers to as Taiwan, uh-huh. uh, produces about a third of the world's computer chips, which well, is a lot. We're including Taiwan in this? I am. I have a one poli- one China policy with <laughs> regards with to the computer? podcast. Because I feel like those are two different. Well, we'll talk about that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I know but I'm just trying to give a, su- a sense of how much. They're coming from that area. They have in the market. Interesting, okay. So back in October, some people remember, uh, the U.S. went ham on export controls, a.k.a. what we call sanctions, on. on China's chip industry. You remember uh-huh. this? Biden passed that a yeah. huge package. Um, it was basically <laughs> – don't say pause. No, no uh, keep going. <laughs> uh, it, you know, it was much – oh, man. It was much larger <laughs> than anything that – any package that Trump had passed. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. which is um, – you know, we'll, we'll we'll talk a little bit about people talk about how Trump kind of started the trade war, the trade war, the tariff war, however you want to call it. Um, but what they what the Trump admin passed really pales in comparison to what the Biden administration passed. Uh-huh. passed October. Does this have to do with the chip alliance that the U.S. is building? Yeah. So we should say that, it, you know, it's one thing to sanction or to like try and sanction military technology. I mean, you, you know, you can read back on how they tried to do that during the Cold War. It didn't really work. Uh-huh. It's totally a different thing to try to do it with consumer technology. I mean, this shit is everywhere and yeah. in goods that people are trying to buy in and, every country well, on that, the world. That, that's a big thing, too, is like a lot of it has dual use, right? Yeah. It has both civilian and military applications. Well, so that's how, the, that's how the U.S. gets around that stuff, right? So they go to the WTO and they say there's a national security issue – You've got to, you know, that's why we're flagging all of these things. Mm-hmm. But a lot of this shit is in, like I said, consumer goods. It's everywhere. Yeah. Consumer goods that everyone wants to buy. Yeah. yeah. And I got to say, like, the whole American approach in general with sanctions seems completely ridiculous. And particularly in this instance, right? Because it's like, it was only like half a decade ago when we would sell the Chinese, like, basically anything. Yeah. I mean, think back to, like, the Clinton years, right? And in the 90s, we were like, China, we're going to, like, give you whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, here, even stuff to build missiles, we're going to sell you. Yeah. And we're going to buy everything from you. Thank you for helping us out with Afghanistan. Yeah. In the 80s. And let's get you in the WTO. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. know what I mean? And, like, we go from that. That was not that fucking long ago, right? Up until basically the early years of the Trump admin really declaring economic war on China. 100%. You know, and maybe it's a little less obvious than the way that we've done it with Russia or Iran, obviously, but like very clear that there's been a massive move in a very short period of time. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. And you kind of have to ask, like, you know, to what end? We were talking about Russia and China, right? This partnership that Blinken really, like, doesn't want to happen. But, you know, China, you know, China has you know, unimaginable resources, right? They have a huge manufacturing base. They have money. They can get the cheap oil from Russia. I was about to say, the only thing they really don't have is oil, but luckily they are next to Russia. Yeah, Big and they're getting pipeline. that. And they, you know, but even they have the sheer amount of engineers they have, mm-hmm. right? And so you think about what these sanctions are going to do. It's like, what, they're going to hold China back for what? A year? Yeah. Two years? Yeah. It's not going to be enough to compete with anything. I mean, it's just, it seems so like short-sighted to me. You know what I mean? I do. And in that way, I mean, it really reminds me of this, the the sanctions package that was passed against Russia. Interesting. How so? Well, I mean, like, it's only now a year, you know, it's a year since, almost a year since, or maybe a little after a year since, uh, since this, the huge sanctions against Russia, that the mainstream media is kind of like admitting that this shit doesn't work. You know, yeah, like, yeah, it hit Russia pretty hard at the beginning, but then they sort of bounced back in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, I can't remember if we like talked about it on the podcast or just you and me privately, but like, it seemed like this was like pretty obviously not going to work in the same way that, or in the long run, it wasn't going to work at all, mm-hmm. like from the start. And you're seeing like, you know, like foreign policy or Wall Street Journal, FT, they're slowly starting to kind of admit this. There's like, there was a piece that came out that would detail how, you know, it's like India or I think even Morocco, they, you know, will take advantage of obviously like the arbitrage opportunities of being able to buy cheap oil from Russia and then sell it to the European market. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so it's not, and it's not like the Europeans are like, don't give us the oil. Oh, no. Don't I give us the gas. It. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I think that like the, you know, so there's similar articles coming out now about, about with Chinese microchips, how it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Because trade flows are going to find a way. That's like how – I mean you can't you can't just like stop it and then suddenly they're going to be like, well, I guess we just don't have microchips, right? Well, I think it's, it's worth getting into a little bit here about Russia and China's relationship since the start of the war, mm-hmm. right? I mean famously – and we covered it on this show. They made a there – there was a joint sort of like statement speech from, from Xi and Putin about a no limits friendship yeah. pause. Um, that that happened right before the war, you know? And there's there's different theories on whether Xi knew that Putin was going to invade, you know? There, there's there's some people think he wasn't going to, some people, some people thought he knew, some people, you know, think that he didn't know. I think in the end it doesn't really matter because in the end China has taken this sort of stance of, like, neutrality yeah. in a way. Kind of. Kind of, but, like, but you know, neutral, but, like, on Russia's side, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's it's smart for them, too. Like, they're, they, you know, they're, they're obviously have this relationship of convenience. It doesn't seem like a very, like, deep-seated, like, political relationship, but this relationship that is very convenient for both of mm-hmm. them to, to ally with each other against, you know, America and the, the American bloc. I right, guess. Western, yeah, the Western European, block, like, American, led, led by NATO, America. yeah, NATO, whatever you exactly. want to call it. It makes per it's in China's interest to do that, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and so, you know, the war the war started, and obviously there was, and I think I think it's sort of been lost on a lot of people how many imports were banned from Russia, or like how many countries banned imports to Russia, exports to Russia, mm. right? And so, like 
all of a sudden the war starts and you actually can't get any kind of European car legally in Russia anymore because right. all the exports have been banned. And so now most cars – like the, now there's like – I think there's like three Russian car companies that sell cars there and nine or ten Chinese car companies. Yeah. There was just a um, – there was just a story in the FT. I, I think it was FT that was about how European airline companies were complaining because because of the the uh, you can't fly the the European countries can't fly over Russian air and so basically the Chinese airline companies are getting their flights are so much cheaper and faster so because smart. they can fly over so if you're going from you know Berlin to Seoul or whatever it's easier to take a Chinese airline because they can fly over Russia but it's like three hours longer for you know anyone coming from a, a European airline, and they were saying, yeah, "How yeah. do we compete with this?" So they kind of, you know, these sanctions go both ways, right? Yeah, and 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 just, I mean, China has just moved into a lot of Russian markets that have been left really wide open by Western countries moving out of them. Well, the the semiconductor market is like a perfect example, right? Like, because again, the trade goes both ways. China's basically been gifted the entire Russian semiconductor market. The dragon rises. Um, which is, you know, it's pretty crazy. Like, it, you know, these sanctions against China and their semiconductors, right, coupled with the sanctions against Russia's raw materials yeah. has allowed these two to really, like, strengthen their partnership on both. Yeah, yeah, Right. Absolutely. So, like I said, it's like there's kind of like a feedback loop a little bit. You know what I mean? Like with trade. So it's like China can buy inexpensive Russian raw materials. They get gas, they get oil. That powers its massive manufacturing base, right? That then expands its development and manufacturing capabilities and the base of its sales for semiconductors, uh-huh. which then just continues. You know, if you continue to buy more raw materials from Russia, you sell back more finished goods. You know, you can start, you start trading more and more with each other, right? Trade kind of like it's not all in a vacuum because you get deals on other things. You start trading more. There's a trust relationship there, mm-hmm. right? Like, so you've effectively exactly what Blinken didn't want, allegedly, from what he said and what everything that Biden has said, what the State Department said, what DOD, the Pentagon, everyone has said, is that you don't want to push Russia and China together. And yet all of these kind of political and economic packages seem to be doing just that. 100%, right? <laughs> like, I mean, it, it, politics too. I mean, so the Chinese foreign minister went and met with uh, Vladimir Putin. Yes. Same day, Biden hits Zelensky. He hits, the, he hits Zelensky's line. And, he's and like, same I'm day, by the way, also Trump hits Ohio. Interesting. <laughs> oh, he goes to East Palestine. Yeah, 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 yeah. But what we do sort of see is – China is, I think, being viewed, or at least like, who knows if how sincere this is. But like, you know, he's had, they, they've had meetings with like Germany and France about peace in Ukraine, mm. right? And they put out this twelve-point piece, or this—I don't know what you would call it—this twelve-point suggestion, like a, it, very like Drake Notes app esque. I gotta piece be honest plan. with you; it's literally a page long. Yeah. I'm like, how are they gonna? Is this just? I don't like know. The I, table we were talking about this, and I was saying, I don't know if they presented it as a peace plan, or if the U.S. media presented it as a peace plan to kind of embarrass China a little bit because it's very much not a peace plan. I gotta be real; you guys gotta work on your peace plan. Maybe you need more think tanks or something. But this thing is—it's just like yeah, respect international law. Which, fair enough. But yeah, it's there's not much there. It, it's funny though to sort of see this because 
Ukraine has sort of made these bellicose statements, right, where if China starts supplying Russia with weapons, then this will turn into a world war, which is like, all right, buddy, let's not – let's walk that back a little bit. Right. Like, uh, you know, I've been – I'm not really interested in doing that. Uh, but – also have had to be like, but China has some pretty good stuff in this peace plan, which is just like, the yeah, peace, it's they, literally like chat GPT could have written it. Mm. And you think also possibly I say, did. I mean, if China wants to give weapons to Russia, I mean, I don't like any of this. Yeah. But it's hard to say they can't do that when the U.S. is giving like, yeah, everything. Yeah, exactly. they, but like, ev- you know, every single thing they've got to Ukraine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think that, that this has just been... The Russia-China stuff, I think, is a really important thing to pay attention to because I think the two countries are obviously going to get closer together, mm. right? I mean, that's the way they're being pushed by both the, uh, the West and it's just both in their natural self-interest just as countries to do that, yeah. to draw their economies closer together. But it's not just like the ooga-booga specter of Russia and the balloon, and the semiconductors that is kind of like percolating around all of this like China fear stuff. Perhaps some have heard the word Taiwan. Which is Chinese for Ukraine. (laughs) Here's my thing, baby. You know me. I love an island, right? Mm. I'm Mr. I got my shirt unbuttoned down to the third button. Wait, it says Little St. James? Well, okay. That's just, it it was a souvenir sweatshirt. So, listen, this is a podcast. I want to remind you. I know that we have, like, a lot of, like, I'm a left-wing guy, listeners. I know all about the politics. This podcast isn't for you. This podcast is for normal people, right? They don't know all this stuff. So I'm going to explain a little bit about Taiwan, okay? So you might be like, oh, yeah, that country. (laughs) Wrong. First mistake. Not a country. (laughs) Okay, not a fucking country. <laughs> and don't you put out some Gap sweatshirt with that being of country in it because you will have to recall that from Chinese stores. Hmm. Little background. China, 1949. Hmm. End of decades of civil war between the KMT, the Kuomintang, led by Chiang Kai-shek and the People's Republic of China, what would be declared the People's Republic of China, but Mao, right, hmm. the communists. Uh, Chiang Kai-shek, unfortunately, uh, all of his guys basically are just heroin dealers. And so they're not really interested in like winning a civil war or anything like that. And so he loses the civil war and has to go to a little country. I believe it was called Formosa before Taiwan. Uh, they, they move the, the nationalists, the KMT. They move to what will soon be called Taiwan. They'd already had people there for a while. They were given it by the Americans in 1946 after the Japanese split because they had been occupying it for a number of decades. And the KMT had already gotten into rare form, killed, massacred, I think, like 20,000 people yeah. a year prior to this. Uh, and so the nationalists leave China proper and end up in Taiwan, which is a little island. Actually, not that little. Island. It's a pretty big island. Yeah. But it's right across the way from China. <laughs> like It's pretty fucking close to you China. You can see China from your house. I don't know. Is that true? I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, just have seen it on Sarah Palin. You could might as well. You might as well. If you have a high-powered telescope, you could absolutely see yeah. Sarah Or a balloon. A balloon. True. So they set up a military dictatorship in Taiwan, mm. right? And that actually lasts until 1987. <laughs> Full military dictatorship, no yeah. elections. I think they had their first elections in 1996. They immediately get China's UN seat, 
right? Because the UN founded, I think, in 1946. Mm. Uh, you Just know. after, as you might remember, the U.S. kind of decided it was in charge of the world after World War II. Yeah, yeah. And so no the, relation, those two events. There are There's the UN Security Council, of course, and there are five permanent seats on it at that point. We've got France, England, USA, Russia, and China. Uh, instead of doing the China where all the Chinese people live, which is the place you would refer to as China, because yeah. that's the People's Republic of China, they were communists. And so America was like, actually, they're not the real China. The real China is this tiny little island that these guys just moved on yeah. to. Which is ruled by a military dictatorship. Military dictatorship. Classic U.S. Republic of China. Yes. And, you know, it's got this sort of absurd situation, right, where like this tiny little rump state – is uh, filled with you know heroin dealers and mm. and warlords and stuff like that. That's a classic rump state situation. Exactly. Rump, by the way, we might as well call it what it is. It's an ass state. So China is this in this weird situation where Republic of China, Taiwan, is in this weird situation where it's basically America's puppet hanging out right outside of real China. And of course, we put a bunch of fucking troops there. We put you know we give them a bunch of money. You know they're 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 like our guy in the region. Obviously, we also have South Korea and Japan and Australia, et cetera, yeah. Philippines. But like Taiwan is like those are our Chinese guys right there. So. Then a little Maoist president of the United States named Richard Nixon starts being like, actually, hey, what's up to real China? Like, can we hang out? And Mao says, yes. And that starts actually Mm. opening relations with real China, new China, PRC. And, you know, Nixon starts this diplomacy over there. And then I think in, in the early 70s. I can't remember when actually PRC gets the UN seat, but they eventually get the UN seat. And then in 1979, Jimmy Carter, mm. our second most Maoist president, uh, calls up Taiwan and is like, hey, uh, I have terrible news. You guys are not a country anymore. Yeah. And America de-recognizes Taiwan as a country. We recognize the PRC, which has led to this strange situation of Taiwan legally not being a country. Yes. But you can still have a Taiwanese – it's like functionally a country, right? Like you can still have a Taiwanese passport. It's actually one of the best passports in the world. Travel wherever on it. But there's no American embassy there. Uh, We haven't said the American Institute or something there I think it's called. Uh, And we still – we basically agree because the PRC's position, People's Republic of China's position, is that Taiwan is part of China, right? That that is our shit right there. That's our – it's kind of like our Hawaii, you know? Mm. I don't know if that's how they think of it. In fact, I'm sure it's not. But they're like, listen, we're we we're not going to invade you, but we might. But just come become part of our country again. The Taiwan is like, I want to do that. Not going to happen. We're a military dictator. China puts out all these things like, listen, we'll do one country, two systems, which you might have heard about, talking about Hong Kong stuff like that. Ninety two, they make all these fucking like recommendations, like, oh, like, hey, like you can be part of us, but you can be a little different or whatever. Taiwan is like, no, we're not going to do that. Like, but maybe we will at some point. Like, kind of play footsie with it. Ironically, it's the Guomindong, the KMT, the nationalist who are actually the most China-friendly of the parties. But it's in everybody's – America's official position is a this really weird thing where it's like we acknowledge that Taiwan is part of China, but we don't recognize Taiwan as part of China. <sighs> Classic footsie by the Americans. Exactly. And it's in the Americans' interest and it's in – I'll be real, the Taiwanese bourgeois' interest, kind of, to be like – 
we're going to keep it to the status quo. And that's a big thing in Taiwan is that almost everybody there, the overwhelming public uh, opinion there is that Taiwan should just stay as it is in this weird nether region where it's not a country, where China officially claims it as their own. And actually Taiwan's constitution claims all of China as the Taiwanese government's country. So it's kind of both ways. But it's a weird it's a weird situation because we agreed in the 70s to we took all our troops out of there in 79 and we agreed to eventually stop selling Taiwan arms entirely. Now Liz, let me ask you a question. Do you think that occurred? Mm, no. Correct a fucking moon no, baby. It's not only not occurred, <laughs> but things are actually heating up. So didn't Okay. Uh-huh. Miss Nancy. Oh yeah. Her funky old ass. Oh my God, her musty old fucking freaky punky old ass. Yeah. In her flop era, as oh, they say. Oh my God. And they are flopping. Showed up in Taiwan. She could use a couple of Chinese balloons to hold those <laughs> things up. She has them. Have you seen that? I, I always think any picture I see of her boobies are fake. I don't think Oh no, the boobs are fake. I don't you, think the photos are. It big. is your official position that Nancy Pelosi has fake titties. Liz. Yes, a thousand pr- brace. Uh huh. A thousand times. Yes. I've just known women with naturally big breasts before, and so I'm like, I could see Sorry, that existing. And their age. Hundred, hundred and fifteen. They were like, <laughs> why isn't women? <laughs> I met them. I met them. You know, yeah. in, in China. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, that is true. They so yeah, and yeah. she she was a breastfeeder too. What? Yeah. She you know. Everyone come by and have a little sip off the spigot. <laughs> what are you, you talking know? about? What does I that just have to do with anything? Grown up in the city. It's oh just, my god. Um, but so she goes there. Yeah, that was a huge thing. Yeah, yeah. So that's so that's the thing is American officials always go over there and like, oh, look how good you guys are, or whatever. Pelosi's visit was one of the high. And this happened, I believe, last year in August. Yeah, it was right before the a bunch of the sanctions were passed. Yeah, this was a high profile visit. One of the most highest, pro, the high, one of the most highest profile visits. Well, she's she was still Speaker of the House. Yes, and she was the first Speaker of the House to visit since Newt Gingrich, which you might remember, third in line. Third by in the line. Way. Yeah. So she goes over there and visits. I think a lot of people were like, "What? The, why is her funky old what ass over doing? there? What she did? She get lost? <laughs> did she, she mean to go to Jerusalem? She was on this big ass tour of Asia. That's where they should open the Taiwanese uh, embassy in Jerusalem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I have no. There's like 12 countries that do recognize Taiwan. I would not be surprised if Israel was for some reason. You know what? I don't even want to know because I know that that's correct. You know, it might not. I, China does own a port in Israel, which BDS much? Apparently not. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so she goes over there and everyone's like uh, the sort of Jack Posobiec's of the world. We're like, <laughs> they're going to, that red China is going to shoot down her fucking plane. Did not obviously happen, but China does. That would be crazy. That would be so <laughs> sick. China, you, I will be real. You fumbled the bag. Fumbled the hack, really. Oh you should have you should have blasted her ass out of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for real, for real though, <laughs> um, you know, it was like it was a pretty it was a pretty big deal because tensions for the past several years had been sort of ratcheting up with China. Remember, this is post invasion of Ukraine with Russia, and this is when China was making more sort of rhetorical public rhetorical statements, being on Russia's side. They've since backed off of that a mm-hmm. little bit and just like don't really say much, just like we're for peace. But at that point, they were like still like they were kind of gunning for for with Russia, mm-hmm. one of their shooters, um, and. 
Pelosi's visit was sort of seen as a as a withered middle finger to China, as Donald Trump would say, not in an accent there. Uh, and it was sort of part of a series of moves by very, 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 very old people in the United States government that made sort of confusing statements around China. You're talking about Joe Joseph Robinette. Yeah. Biden. Joe Biden has said like three or four times, again, the official position, and this is tricky, but the official position is that we want things to remain like we we acknowledge that they're part of China. And that's basically all we'll say. We're not for independence. We're not for independence of of Taiwan. Joe Biden has said we're for independence of Taiwan three times and has actually said on TV that we would militarily defend them Article 5 style if China decided to invade them. Like NATO style. Yes, like NATO style. But he, So here's my question. Yeah. Are those demented gaffes or Freudian slips? I don't know because you've seen the photos of like when people take over Biden's like shoulder and it's like stand up. Walk to podium. Totally. I got to be real. If I'm like his minder when he's giving the interview about foreign policy, I'm like, don't say Taiwan should be independent or it's up to them. But see, the problem – what if it does say that but he didn't read the don't part? That's the – yeah, you always – this is a true and on tip here. You got to check the note for a don't. Yeah. You got to check the note for a don't because that can be the difference. Because you might be starting in the wrong spot. So the thing is, China and Taiwan are like pretty fu- – I mean, they're the biggest trade – you know, Taiwan's biggest trade partner is China. Yeah, right? it's right there. Foxconn. You can see it from your house. The suicide factory, that's a Taiwanese company, yeah. right? Like they're, they're – the economies are really enmeshed. Like it's not – it's not like they're like mortal enemies or whatever. But China's whole thing is, is like we'll keep things the way they are. We, you should be part of us, but we'll keep things the way they are. But if you try to go in the other direction, we have to invade. Like, right. if you're like, we're independent, like, well, we have, like, you can't do that. I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think they are either, but they do plan for it, right? Like, they, you know, yeah. they, have these, they had live fire exercises, these big exercises. Yeah, they got to put a big show up. Yeah, you know. exactly. Because you can't be like... All right. Like, Can you imagine being a Chinese dip- – like what's his name? Wang Yi. Yang, Wang Yi, yeah. Uh, being him and being like, wait, did the president of the United States really mean that or is he just demented? <laughs> like that's crazy. That's the third time it's happened. You can imagine <laughs> the note that China sent. It's like, dude, what – are you are you guys for the because the, the funny thing about this because because Biden has referenced like uh, independence being up to Taiwan three times, literally independence polls at five percent tops yeah, no in Taiwan. Wants Nobody wants that because no. they know that it's something something will happen. But concurrently with Biden making these gaffes, we've also increased military support to Taiwan. Ugh, we're so annoying. Remember when all those troops left in nineteen seventy nine? No. no, 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 they're back. Yeah. We sent a National Guard troop over there, which from the Midwest, it's probably the first time they've seen Chinese A single food. troop? A, no, I don't know. A troop isn't really a, a battalion or whatever. Yeah. But we've also sent special forces, yeah. as was recently reported, I think reported last year. We've been sending special forces over there. And I could go on for at length, and I will not, about what that war would look like. It would not look pretty. No. Uh China has really good missiles. Yeah, they do. They have better they have bigger better and bigger capabilities than we do. Yes. I China mentioned has, the hypersonic, but that's legit yeah, too. They have legit. hypersonic missiles 
We do not. I talked to my dear old dad for uh, at length last night about the, this possibility. Shout my out dad, to Pops. like many old men, not your old dad, but like many old older men, uh, has knows a lot about naval affairs, despite mm. having not obviously been in the navy. Um, and he's like, dude, they would they would annihilate. Yeah, from there. like they would. They have aircraft killer, uh, like uh, aircraft carrier killer missiles. Like they, they our shit would be toast. Which so, I do think. Uh-huh. I mean, obviously, the U.S. military understands that they're not completely stupid. Yeah. Um, because we should mention that one of the obviously the big pushes since, of course, the famous Obama era pivot to China. Uh huh has been increasing our military presence in the South China Sea, but as of recently, in the Philippines. Yes, absolutely. So Philippines, to go back to the 90s, U.S. troops leave the Philippines in 92. Yeah. After decades of rape, murder, actually not decades, century, of like rape, murder, plunder, all that Mm -hmm. stuff, they're out of there, right? 2014, Duterte is like, maybe you come back for a little bit. No permanent bases, but you guys can come chill like here. Like a little footsie. Let's play footsie. Little Let's footsies. see what's up. Because his whole thing was he was like trying to kind of play both sides there. Yeah. Bong Bong Marcos gets in. But also Duterte was super pro-China. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Duterte was very much like we got to like, let, yeah. you know, we got to increase our friendship. He was literally kind of like – I think he – is actually legitimately pretty mentally ill. Mm. So like he did so so he was also like anti-China sometimes. So mm. didn't make a lot of sense a lot of But stuff now he was that doing. Bong Bong Jr. Uh-huh. is in totally different. We're opening that shit back up. Yeah. We're not putting bases there again, but they're like all of our bases are belong to you. Mm. And so America has access to all these Philippine these bases in the Philippines. China on the other hand has been building these reefs in the South China Sea, including Mischief Reef. That's a great name. I love Mischief Reef. Uh, and so there's basically been this like front line formed, right? With like from like the Philippines or from Australia really to the Philippines to Japan to Taiwan to – well, Taiwan before Japan. Taiwan, Japan, and South Korea where we have them sort of encircled, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and this is a big fucking deal. We're reorganizing our Marines. I got to say, the Chinese are so good at naming things. Yeah. Mischief Reef. That's so There's good. There's a few other really Did you good see, I told you, uh, the, their heavy lift rocket is called the Long March, which is uh, yes. so it's sick. so fucking sick. That's such a which, fucking sick by name. The way, by the way, for you outdoorsy types out there, look up how long that Long March was. It was so long. Your ass could not do that. No way. You could carry me in a palanquin. Palanquin? You carry me a palanquin across that. In fact, some some people were. Anyways, this is all to say is that does this remind you of a certain country in Eastern Europe? Definitely not Poland. Definitely not Poland. Yeah. <laughs> well, no disrespect, baby, but not a lot of uh, high Do you tech know that, goods being made in Poland. I gotta say, you know the people that have the highest like favorability of America? It's Poland. <laughs> it's oh my god, this is it's so Poland? It's Poland and South Korea. <laughs> South Korea, okay, I get it. Poland? Poland. I know. Why? Because it's so... We we don't want you here. Anyway. No, not about coming to America. Like, we just love America. Wow. And it's like Kosovo, obviously, Albania. Kosovo, yeah. It's in direct relation to how they feel about Russia. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Anyways, so the tension has been rising, and things are like, ah, listen, I'm not trying to predict whether there's going to be a war. I don't think there are. There's going to be in the near future. But Hopefully. 
there are a lot of this is there are a lot of new developments here, I should say. And that like, yes, the Ukraine Russia thing is happening and we're sending all this shit over there, blah, blah, blah. But like this is really where like America's military is going to go. Well, they're related. Yeah, they are. Right. I mean, that's the whole thing. And I know like we started this episode off in like, you know, kind of jokey, kind of corny of like. The new center, because I mean that's such a like it's so so many podcasts, books, like book tours, radio shows, like CIA propaganda that like, comes out talking about that, right? Yeah. The new Chinese century, everyone knows, but like it really does feel that way. Like it feels like America is a 20th century country, and China is now the 21st century country, yeah. and there's this like. I mean, I feel like it's like almost cliche, but it feels like we're on this the precipice of these kind of like diverting paths as it, there seems to be a big shakeup happening in the world, mm-hmm. right? Like on the one hand, you know, you have the economic situation in the West and in Europe, which is really like the G7 countries, what do we want to say, which is like really bad, Right. I mean, America maybe is a little bit better. It's I don't know, but like Europe at least, not doing so good. It's staring down like you know I don't know, a decade or more of declining growth. Like yeah, yeah, declining growth. England maybe terminal, you know. Which I gotta say, maybe there won't always be in England. <laughs> I mean, it's like pretty dire, right? But then on the other hand, you have. These, like, massive commodity boom, right? You have, like, these insane, this, like, insane demand and increase in prices for copper, for example, which that suggests that the other kind of half of the world, the kind of, like, what you would call the EM, right, the emerging market countries, are on a different path. Yeah. And this kind of maps directly, I mean, no pun intended, maps directly on to this sort of, like, shifting, possibly, perhaps, of what you're seeing in world power, Right. Whereas, you know, you have China in the last, like, you know, five years, maybe even longer, they had that huge pivot of investment, Mm -hmm. right, of exerting more influence in emerging market countries, in Africa, right, in, you know, BRICS plus countries, like they say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I know. (laughs) BRICS plus, yeah, it's, it's, give me a break with that. And Africa in general, which we should do an episode on this, right, but that's become one huge theater all across sub-Saharan Africa. Mm -hmm. Over a battle of gonna be a lot, of, gonna be a lot of shooting there in the next couple of decades. Yeah, I mean, and there has been over the past, you know, well, hundred years. Yeah, but also twenty years with yeah. American, East and Western European troops. Anyway, but like China's recovery from the kind of like zero COVID moment, <laughs> which <laughs> era? Yeah, wow. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it's you know strong. Yeah. Like yeah. it'll be strong. And you can imagine a scenario where China is able to kind of continue to extend capital investment into emer- emerging markets to kind of help jumpstart their economy, similar to kind of what you're seeing with Russia, right? Where they're able to kind of jump in and help fuel, um, you know, investment in, yeah. in, in other places, um, especially in a lot of these emerging markets where who those countries are getting dragged down by this insanely strong dollar. Yeah. yeah. Right? So, and you've seen – Countries like Pakistan uh, pivot away from having their currencies even pegged to the dollar because they, the, the economies can't handle it anymore. I mean, look at Russia is now now. I mean, a lot of they're 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 purchasing a lot of stuff in the UN. Yeah, 
And yeah, they have been for a while. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because now they they won't even trade in the petrodollar. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Which is smart for them. I mean, can't blame them. So there's like, it's not hard to imagine, right? Like what happens when, you know, countries enter recessions, right? It's like investment goes down. Mm-hmm. And capital is, you know, it's looking for returns. It's not like it just disappears. So it goes to where it can find high returns, right? And so you can see a scenario where, you know, massive capital flight happens out of the West, out of, and when I say that, I don't mean just America, I mean Europe, right? Out of Europe, out of the West, into, where would it go? China. Yeah. Maybe it goes to Brazil. Maybe it goes to India, right? And, you know, India, we should bring them up, right? They're in a great position, you know, they're, you know, like China, they didn't join the sanctions against Russia. And so they can buy the cheap oil, right? They make, they have all yep. those arbitrage opportunities yep. to get it out there. They can, you know, th- they have their own kind of manufacturing base. It's not as big, but, you know, or, you know, not and as. And they have their own high tech sector and stuff absolutely. like that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, what follows those kinds of capital flows? Well, political decisions. Yeah. And, you know, it's not. These aren't like tides of the oceans. Like people will move to stop this stuff, right? Countries like America will move. I mean, can you imagine? Like, what does it even mean post World War II for America to try to impose capital controls? It would be, I, I don't even understand how that would work in the era of like yeah. global trade. But that seems to only follow from how all this could like pan out. And so, like, I know it's like kind of corny, but it really does feel. Like, there are a lot of these kinds of shifts happening. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, it's going to be really interesting and, and probably pretty scary and volatile to see, you know, who steps up and where because it's not like any of these people are going to go, you know, gently into the night. You know that little meme where it's like the smart guy – and the dumb guy are saying the same thing, but then the, the, the medium guy is, like, saying something stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the smart guy and the medium guy are the stupid the, guys. The, and the, the, smart, medium the smart guy and the stupid guy You're are talking the same about on the, 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 bell the, the bell curve. The smart guy and the stupid guy are saying the same thing, and the medium guy is, like, saying something. He's, like, something. He's, guy. like, oh, I don't know, blah, 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 and he's wrong. Mm. My thing is, like, imagine Liz is the smart guy in that, and I'm the dumb guy. No, my, no, because no, my whole thing is this. I, like, don't need to get into even the details about this stuff. I'm like, dude, China has a hell of people. They're fully going to win. Yeah. And I don't even know what they're going to win at. But, like, they got it. You know what I mean? And also, the dragon rises. Well, it does sound good. It, the dra- no, it, my thing is, okay, Russia, they have the bear. and The bear roars or whatever. People were, people were saying all these bear shit at the beginning of the Ukraine mm. war. The dragon, though, all it can do is rise. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Adolf Hitler Fund, uh, <laughs> for his generous, di- different his. Hitler. You know, it should be just a fun there. It's there, there, fun. It's for the, of course, keeping the memory of his evil alive. Yes. Um, And what evil it was? What? Well, actually, Liz is asking that with a hard question. No, that's because (laughs) she doesn't really. She's actually kind of. I don't like this as a running. Like my new thing. I don't like the running bit of me being a. That's not. 
Yeah. Well, my people did a bit of running at a certain point, but uh, anyway, we don't have to. We don't have to get into yeah, that. My family was. That's true. Yeah, that <laughs> Let's is true. Let's be a little careful here. That is true. That my is true. My grandfather was in a camp. Yeah. Uh, my my grandfather did looting. Uh, that was his big thing. In world. But he was also in a camp. Yeah. But as sort of a visitor. I don't mean it like that. <laughs> he, he was he liberated a camp. I don't mean it. He wasn't. Anyways, uh, it has been a pleasure. Listen, we're not China hands. What is a China, not- So a China hand is... <laughs> There used to be like a kind of a guy, like a China hand, and that would be like, it would be like a journalist or like, it would be somebody, it would be like a Westerner who like made their career China, right? And there was actually, I think, a group of OSS officers or like State Department people, but all those people from World War II who were like China hands, mm-hmm. who were actually seen as too pro-Mao and were sort of uh, uh, kicked out of government, uh, in the in the late 1940s, because they were two on the side of the PRC, but now China hand is sort of a short shorthand for I just keep saying hand. Uh, it's like for like a like a dumb fucking asshole who's like always like, uh, yes, like G means this when he's doing this. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, I hate those. We're guys. not those guys. I don't know what he's doing. You know, I hate those. He guys. He can't help but like the guy, but. It's yeah. it's they yeah. also always wear like Nehru collar shirts, which yeah. I just think is like you gotta stop doing that. They gotta invent a new kind of collar, is what mm. I'm saying. Mm. Like, have we reached peak collar? Are there any kind of collar? Are well, there any frontiers? Of course, Bannon, left? you know, he tried to the multi-collar, but yes. that's just layering already existing collars. Right, but that's what I'm saying. It's sort of like the pastiche of outfits. He was just kind of like it was a grab bag going. Is there like a collar that goes already existing outfits? And, oh, that's a. Oh, and I'm thinking of a. Uh, the collars are definitely neck. getting bigger. The collars are getting bigger, but I'm saying like a new because you got the Nehru collar and then you got the regular collar. Sure. Is there like a well, collar? Well, there's a tuxedo shirt. Right? The tuxedo that has shirt. A, that's yeah. different than the Nehru. But like, how about how about a shirt that ends sort of like. Above the nipple, like a t-shirt. Uh, no, well, the, the all shirt. No, well, but, yeah, yeah, like the t-shirt kind of uh, like a scoop collar, neck, like a scoop neck. But it has the deep V shirt. You, what you have to wear over it is this sort of ruffled, like uh, mm. like a, a series of layered ruffles that are placed on top of each other, like a layer cake, and you place that as a separate thing around your neck, and you sort of wear like tights. And there's sort of shoes that are curled on the toe there. Who are you imagining in this? Amadeus? A fop. Oh. Simply a fop is what I'm imagining. Do you know when I was a kid, Amadeus was one of my favorite movies? I never saw it. About the slave ship? No. (laughs) What? (laughs) Am I wrong? Isn't there a movie about the slave ship called Amadeus? um, No. What uh, was it called? What is it? yeah. Oh, Amadeus, Amadeus. Well, oh, Amadeus. Amistad. Is- Amistad. <laughs> Amistad. 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 I was like, damn, Amistad was your favorite movie as a kid? No. Wow. Yeah. Never, yeah, I've never seen this. It's just a weird movie. You haven't seen it? No. Uh, you should. You should see it. The White Lotus. Talk about something that I'll never see. Um, so speaking of white lotuses, China. That's been China. <laughs> My name <laughs> is the Honorable Mandarin himself. You know him. You love him. He is your court eunuch. 
Hello, Brace Belden. Okay, I'm Liz. We are, of course, joined by producer Young Chomsky, and this has been The Dragon Rises. Tiger's Paw. Just playing True and On. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein.